Hey y'all, before we begin, I want to make sure you know about my live parent workshops. One Friday a month, I host a live virtual parent workshop on topics related to raising neurodivergent kids and teens. We cover topics like how to talk to your child about their diagnosis, how to support negative self-talk, and navigating school for your child. You can register for workshops one at a time, or you can become an all-access subscriber on Substack for instant access to all the workshops and replays. To browse the workshop library and subscribe, go to learnwithdremily.substack.com and click Parent Workshops. Hey y'all, before we begin, if you're a school administrator who loves watching your teachers and students thrive, but you feel your staff needs more training to meet the needs of such a diverse group of learners, I am here for you. I am now offering professional development for pre-K through 8th grade educators, both in-person and virtually. For more information about pricing and scheduling, go to learnwithdremily.com schools to get started. Hey y'all. Okay, this week's podcast is a replay from the summer months, but a very important one because it's relevant to the holiday season too. Come early summer and early December, I begin hearing about travel anxiety from many parents raising neurodivergent kids. Many are surprised when I say, your child can totally learn to do this. Maybe not yet, but just like any other skill, you can teach your child to travel. In this podcast, I'm going to walk you through how to do exactly that. Also, in case you missed it, I recently announced that in 2024, I will be hosting live parent workshops once a month. I'm kicking it off this Friday, December 1st, at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, with the holiday workshop. I'm going to walk us through how to support neurodivergent kids during the holiday season, including more on travel, supporting free time, interacting with relatives who might not get our kid, the anxiety of opening presents, and talking to kids about Santa. There are two ways to join the workshops. You can enroll one at a time for $37, which gives you the replay too, or you can become an all-access member on Substack for the annual cost of $275, and that gets you access to all 12 months of live workshops and replays, full access to my blog archives, and the Parenting on Your Own Path online course. My online parent course is a great foundation for the workshops, so if you join for the year, I wanted you to have all the info. Okay, now on with the show. Welcome to Learn with Dr. Emily, the podcast where parents and teachers come together for neurodivergent youth. I'm your host, Dr. Emily King, child psychologist and former school psychologist, and I am on a mission to help everyone understand that nurturing neurodivergent children isn't about changing them, but about changing us. Each week, I share my thoughts on topics related to child development, mental health, parenting, education, and parent-teacher collaboration. You can read more on my Substack at learnwithdremily.substack.com or listen here. So let's get started with today's topic. On today's podcast, we are going to be talking about how to teach your neurodivergent child to travel. So as spring break approaches and summer plans are being made, I often begin hearing from parents some anxiety about travel. The parents I work with who are raising neurodivergent kids start to feel like they cannot even even think about going on a trip when they can't even fathom going to a restaurant without causing a scene 
with their child being so dysregulated or thinking through spending the night somewhere else and all of the food changes and the travel changes that may come up. Many parents are surprised when I say, your child can learn to do this, but we're going to have to teach them. They can't do it yet, but just like any other skill you've taught your kid, traveling takes practice. So here is how I break it down for families. Step one is our mental reframe with letting go. We have to let go of the idea in our head, because it is in our head, that whatever we think of about vacationing with our family is maybe not what the vacationing with the family we have is going to look like. So I know we've imagined what this is like, and maybe you are the family who wants to have matching outfits at Disney, or perhaps you want matching outfits for professional family pictures on the beach, or perhaps you wanted your kids to experience camping the way that you fell in love with it and with nature as a kid. Maybe you really love skiing and you want to teach your child to snow ski at five years old. Well, all of our children's skills come into play when it comes to walking long distances, motor skills with learning sports, and all the sensory integration that happens when we are out and about in different climates. So just like every other mental shift you have made in your parenting journey, you can just adjust your expectations with traveling too. First, you just have to realize that this trip is not for you. It's not a vacation. I think about these trips as family field trips. So you must first let go of where you would like to go on this trip and travel to those places with your spouse, with your partner, with your friends. Teaching your child to love traveling is going to be their journey and not yours. Forcing them to do your favorite places won't teach them to love traveling if they're not interested or they've become overwhelmed. So you will make more memories with your child if they're comfortable, engaged, and interested, and you are going to have so much more fun that way. Trust me. So step two is to start with the familiar. So many parents I talk to dream of their child having a successful play date lasting more than an hour. So it's hard to think about the possibility of successfully going away from home. But here's the thing. Um, I'm here to tell you that it is possible. In fact, many highly anxious and rigid kids that I've worked with over the years make some great strides with new foods, flexibility on vacation out of their routine because they are out of their deeply rigid routine from their home life. So just start small and start with the familiar. So begin your child's travel skills with what I call, you know, a practice sleepover at the house of maybe a grandparent or an aunt or uncle. And since this person is already familiar, their house is familiar during the daytime, they maybe didn't have to travel very far to get there, your child only has to practice the process of traveling. So teach your child how to make a packing list, pack an overnight bag, Think of the toys and the games to take along. The goal here is to practice taking their things somewhere else, sleeping in a different bed, and eating at a different table. Just like a visual schedule or checklist you would use for a daily routine in the morning or in the evening, just make this visual. Make a visual schedule for the sleeping arrangements, the meal times, and the people who will be there. Once they get this down for grandma's house or aunt and uncle's house. It's amazing how you can expand this travel plan to a cousin's house, a hotel, or one day even overnight camp. 
I want to say hi to all the teachers out there learning with me. Thank you so much for being an educator. I see you and appreciate you and how you keep showing up for our students every single day. In my work as a school psychologist, I know that it helps to have a way to stay organized when thinking about your students' needs. That's why I created two free resources for you. The regulation roster helps you notice how your students seek emotional regulation and keep track of it. And the reframing behavior worksheet helps you problem solve emotional dysregulation when it happens. For these free downloads, go to learnwithdremily.com slash roster or learnwithdremily.com slash reframing behavior to get started. I want to welcome any parents who are new to this journey. If your child has just been identified as autistic or diagnosed with ADHD, learning differences, or is twice exceptional, welcome. You are in the right place. You may also be overwhelmed by all the calls and emails you're having to make to providers as you're building your child's team. That's why I created the Referral Tracker, which is a free download at learnwithdremily.com tracker. This free resource explains what each provider does and gives you a template to keep track of all your research. Just go to learnwithdremily.com tracker to get started. So step three, let's talk about transportation. The act of actually getting to the destination is often what stops families from traveling. The car ride is too long, the siblings are fighting, or the airport has too many rules to follow. So we want to start with what your child can do and expand from there. So when making it visual, we want to think about if your child can tolerate a 30-minute car ride, find a destination in that range and make it a trip. You can book a hotel locally and keep it really simple. You can take a day trip on a train to the Children's Museum in a nearby city. Most importantly, map out your trip with making it visual. If your child thinks spatially, use a map. If they think in time frames, use schedules. If they think in pictures, make them a picture story about the trip. The most successful strategy is to use a social story of the events through pictures that your child will see, hopefully in the order that they see them, but you can create some flexibility and say, I don't know what order they're going to happen, but this is probably some of the things that we'll see on our trip. Some kids really love the idea of scavenger hunts, so you can come up with pictures of the city you're going to or of the place you're going, and kids will be playing I Spy or on a scavenger hunt while they're there, and this builds some structure around the activities that you're already doing that may be overwhelming to them if there's a lot of people. If you write a social story, the story begins with leaving home and ends with returning home. So you're going full circle through the experience. So helping your child visualize the process throughout the story beforehand helps them learn the plan without feeling the anxiety simultaneously. So if they can learn the plan of the trip and then build on the anticipation or the excitement or the anxiety that comes after. They already know the plan, so they don't have to experience anxiety about the plan and anxiety about the actual things in the plan. Okay, so let's talk about car rides. So all children really do need to be entertained in the car. Many families have the rule that to only use screens in the car on trips and not around town. This is a really helpful rule because this way kids can practice looking forward to traveling by picking out what games they want to play, what music they want to listen to, what movies they want to watch. 
And this builds executive functioning skills and planning their entertainment time for the trip. And that becomes a routine all on its own. You can also use a time timer to help your child understand how long the drive is going to be. You can also measure how long the drive is going to be based on how long their favorite shows or the game is that they're playing. Some kids enjoy maps and learning how highway exits count up and down as you go. So this can also be a fun game to play. So let's talk about planes and trains. So for plane travel, you can visit the airport beforehand and check out programs like TSA Cares, which offers a TSA agent to take you through security the day of your trip. You can create social stories with pictures for each step of this journey, from parking the car, going through security, waiting at the gate, boarding the plane, using the seatbelt, which is different from car seatbelts, boarding the plane, getting off the plane, waiting at baggage claim. These are all steps that your child will go through and learn how to do the airport. Many families opt for train travel first because the insides of trains look very similar to planes but they're more spacious and they're less crowded. The terminals are less crowded than airports. And also, since you're on the ground, there's always Wi-Fi. Once your child has mastered a certain distance in the car, experienced the airport with success, or mastered a train ride, your options for traveling are starting to open up. So step four, rinse and repeat. So like every other skill your child has learned, traveling takes practice. However, due to schedules and finances, most families aren't practicing the skill every weekend. Being at home to rest is, of course, important, too. And reflecting on the fun of the vacations encourages ideas for more travel. So one idea is to create photo books of your child's trips so that they can recall the fun, remember all the new things that they tried, and want to do it again. If you find a trip your child loves, yet they still need practice on the drive— or with the hotel stay, or with trying new foods, I always recommend just repeating the same trip several times, and that can be extremely helpful. Routine vacations will help your child practice the experience of travel without the stress of processing new people and new places every single time. Here in North Carolina, where I live, we can drive to the beach and the mountains for the weekend. I have worked with so many families who teach their children to travel just by visiting the same place at the beach with the same pool or working on eating new things or meeting new people each time they go. Another family that I know visits the same relatives in the mountains each year and goes to the same hike and to practice stamina with being outside in nature, which their child loves to do but needs repeated experiences to master. Cousins are also often best repeat playmates. Familiar playmates can make a huge difference in lowering social anxiety on a trip. Think about changing one variable with each trip to build a new skill. Focusing on just a few skills at a time will reduce the likelihood of overwhelm and increase your child's chances for success. It may take several years for neurodivergent children to master a travel schedule, but as they mature and recall what they did on their last trip, you'll be amazed at what they come up with for their next adventure. I also want to remind everyone that you're practicing this too as a parent. So some things you will figure out along the way is the length of the trip. Is three days enough? Is five days too long? Is there a distance that felt too much? Was this place, how far away this place was, worth it? There are going to be things that you figure out along the way that work or don't work. 
And just be honest with yourself and think about that the next time you travel. Step five is thinking about the wonder you are creating for your child. Let me tell you what I mean. Once your child has the basics of travel down and is ready to explore the unknown, focus on their interests and passions to plan for future destinations. For many children with a literal or anxious view of the world, traveling can ultimately be very therapeutic. It builds a lot of confidence to be able to go to a big city or to be able to go on a plane out to another state out west, for instance, that you've never been to before. It expands their minds and helps them know that there is a world beyond their daily routine. They begin to wonder about things they may not have thought of before. By teaching your child to travel, you're giving them the gift of wonder. You're planting a seed for them to dream of going new places far and wide. They will start thinking about the future and wondering what they're capable of next. I cannot think of a more precious gift. This has been Learn with Dr. Emily, the podcast. For more resources, including both parent, teacher, and school resources, visit learnwithdremily.com or read my substack at learnwithdremily.substack.com. Also, we are publishing this podcast weekly, so make sure you're subscribed by pressing the plus, follow, or subscribe button on whatever podcast app you're using right now. This podcast is edited by EarFluence. All information discussed on this podcast is for educational purposes only. If you have immediate concerns about your child, please reach out to a mental health or medical professional. I'm Dr. Emily King, and we will keep learning together next week.